Well, welcome back, everybody, to a brand new episode of the Movies and Brews podcast, where we talk movies and we drink some brews. I'm Jordan, and staring me through the screen here is Daniel. Hello, hello. So today we are talking the brand new Dune movie. So sit back, relax, grab a drink, and let's mine that spice. Cheers. Cheers. Okay, so I'm excited to try this beer here. Another one from Little Beast Brewing. Another collaboration beer, only instead of collaborating with a donut shop, it's Salt and Straw Ice Cream. <laughs> this is called the Maker Series. This one is salted, malted, chocolate chip cookie dough. Damn, that sounds... Sounds it's delicious. Stout. It'd be um, weird. It would be a weird IPA, but not so weird of a stout. <laughs> lactose vanilla i imagine it's probably a stout well here we go oh that's good that's good yeah kind of kind of runs a little bit of uh sun river's cocoa cow just a little but it's got some good flavor to it i I wasn't sounded good in theory but i wasn't sure to expect no i like it all right nice nice you know, so I'm leaving tomorrow. I didn't really make it to the store. I have, but I had on hand a straight out of Portland IPA for Migration Brewing. Nice, that's a good IPA. Oh hell yeah, one of the one of my faves. Excellent. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Well, let's move on here, Daniel. Let's get some other things. Anything in the movie news world going on this week? Well, they announced shoot, that on sets. the new uh, No Way Home uh trailer trailer two for no way home it's coming out in theaters with the eternals movie on november 5th already we get a new trailer sweet yeah. oh that's awesome well i'm looking forward to eternals so yeah what are we two weeks away from that uh i think so not this weekend for the next yeah so that'll be cool we'll get a brand new trailer in front just like we thought we were going to get the no way home trailer in front of shang chi but that didn't end up happening, but at least we're going to get a new trailer in front of Eternals. That'll be cool. So yeah, that'll be sweet. Um, the only the other thing I had was yeah, uh, I had that Brendan Fraser is actually cast to play uh, the villain in the new DC upcoming Batgirl movie that's going to be on HBO Max in 2022. Oh really? He's rumored to be playing Brandon Firefly. Fraser's making a return. Yeah, which is great. We could all use a little more Brendan. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was kind of interesting. It's going to be straight to HBO Max, though. It is not going to be in theaters. Oh, really? So I was going to say, if they film it up here, maybe I can walk by him again. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Do another hospital scene where I'm pushing somebody in a wheelchair and walk right by Brendan Fraser. <laughs> and what was that? 10 years ago? 11, 12 years ago now? Something like that. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I really had for movie news. I mean, yeah. I mean, this week is the week that um, Alex, I didn't even think to put that in movie news because it just felt like real news. <laughs> I think everybody heard about that. Yes, there was a shooting on a set of a movie called Rust. Yeah. Details and, coming. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just kind of weird. Like, there's just a lot of, like, it, it just kind of blew up. In other news, the movie Rust has been put on hold for now. <laughs> Production has been put on hold. Yeah, I mean, somebody died. I know, I'm laughing, but like, yeah, no, it was some pretty serious stuff. I think deep down, complete accident. Some people that, you know, prop people weren't doing their job properly. Who knows? I don't know, but I don't I know. It's one it of those things, like, was... it's just an ongoing investigation. We really just have the broad strokes. So, but yeah, like maybe. things are like starting to come out. I mean, it's even more has come out since the actual event. But maybe we'll see some rust. Maybe we won't. I don't know. I feel like this movie might, if depending on how good it is, it might just get indefinitely shelved. It could happen. Yeah, we'll see. I was thinking about that today. You what? I was thinking about that today. I'm like, I wonder if this movie is just gonna bomb when it comes out because of this, or is or is it just gonna? be forgotten or are they just going to shelve the project entirely mm-hmm. any number of those things is it possible <laughs> but yeah i don't know i guess we'll see 
We will see. Yeah. Well, should we move on here to other things we saw this week? Yeah, let's do that. So I got two I'm going to share with you real quick here. What do you okay, have? I got yeah. one. Okay. I'll go first. So didn't think I was going to see this one, but I ended up going and seeing it anyway. I went and saw Disney's Jungle Cruise. <laughs> oh, really? Yep. Yep. Starring The Rock and uh, not Johansson. Yep. Um, Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. And I, I got to say, not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I mean, I really thought it was going to be just an absolute nothing movie, but it, it was halfway decent. I'm not going to say it was amazing and everybody's got to rush out to see it, but it was halfway decent. More story than I thought it was going to have, for sure. Yeah, well, that's good. I know Gavin had actually watched it with his girlfriend. He said it was actually a lot more enjoyable than he thought it was going to be. Oh, I thought I was going to hate it. Okay, well, that's good to know. Thought probably something gonna... I'll eventually... I'm not going to watch it anytime soon, but I probably will... Sh- like, I think it actually becomes available for everyone on disney plus for free in like november so yeah just wait till you can watch it at home it's it's not a rush out to theater movie to see i mean i saw it obviously second... not it came out like two months ago yeah i saw it a second run theater so yeah okay. nice. that's all i'm gonna say is uh entertaining enough for a family film i guess and not as terrible as i expected no well, that's good yeah i watched um well, I watched a quality movie at least. But um, so, yeah, we I saw the, the new Leica exhibit, um, you know, got see set pieces. So I'm like, oh, I'll watch Box Trolls. I haven't watched that one. So I watched Box Trolls yesterday. I think so. Yeah, I watched it yesterday. And man, that movie was fun, strange, like at times, like a lot darker than I thought it was going to be. And overall, it just felt so bizarre and like so different from everything else because they've done, I mean, from Coraline to Paranorman to, yeah, it's just, it's so, I don't know, it, it feels a lot different, even though all those movies feel pretty different, but it was a little bit outside of the wheelhouse. I mean, very thick British accents, you know, at times I did have to put on my subtitles uh, to yeah. understand what the fuck somebody was saying. Yeah. But well, Honestly, yeah. I, I I still really enjoyed it. I love Claymation Studio. Like it doesn't make garbage; it makes great stuff. Especially since we just saw all the crazy attention to details they make in their like little sets. Yeah, I want you to tell people about that a little bit. I had a well, great yeah. time going to that. Well, yeah, they had a pop up pop up exhibit at a museum around here, and so we went and checked it out. And well, you said it wasn't as big as the one that they had uh previously but it was still like had some good pieces from all of their movies um and it was really cool to see like i think some of the big sets that they had were the Coraline kitchen scene mm-hmm. and the uh the missing link study which was really cool yeah paranorman's bedroom paranorman's bedroom and that huge like the the van which was great yeah no it was definitely fun to see the puppets see the sets and just the attention to detail that goes into these places like every room the attention to detail and how nothing looks new and shiny that looks very used and lived in i just love it so much but there's something cool to go see yeah so it was really great so i went home and i'm like well i had time it's super rainy out i'll watch the one that feels more like fall besides Coraline, because i've seen that one a bunch so i watched box trolls because i'd never actually watched it and it was weird. It was fun. It was quirky, and I enjoyed it. Okay, oh, yeah, definitely I, not my favorite one. Paranorman's still my favorite. I think. I think. Yeah, we're gonna go see that in theaters here in a week or two. Uh, they're doing an event. I think it's on November seventh. Like in November, I think it's like the sixteenth. Yeah. Okay. So a couple weeks away still, but yeah, gonna be playing Paranorman in theaters here. But yeah. I actually, yes, yeah, kind of having same thing. Kind of like, oh man, I want to go home and watch one of these movies now. So I started Coraline last night, but I only got about maybe 20, 25 minutes into it before I fell asleep. So I got to go back and finish it. But uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun just to go back and revisit that one. It's been a few years since I've seen it, but love Coraline. Um, it's not the other movie I was going to talk about, though. The other movie I'm going to talk about, Daniel, have you ever seen a movie called The Lost Boys, Daniel? Yeah, I saw it in high school. Nice. So I have never seen that movie. So it was when I saw it playing at nearby theater i was like you know what i'm gonna go see the lost boys from 1987 directed by joel schumacher this is before his uh 
Batman fame. <laughs> I put fame in quotation. Yeah. Fame. <laughs> Infamous. He's more than famous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this has a lot of people in this movie, too. I mean, you got Kiefer Sutherland, Corey Feldman, Corey Haim, Jason Patrick, Diana Weist, Jamie Gertz. The of 80s actors. Yeah, I mean, a ton of people in this. If anybody out there doesn't know the story, you have, after moving to a new town, two brothers discover that the area is a haven for vampires. <sighs> so... Yeah, I, again, never seen this movie, didn't know what to expect, but I had a blast watching this. Like, I laughed so much during this movie, sometimes at the movie, but a lot of times with the movie. But yeah, there's just so many fun parts. Uh, One thing that was very interesting to me was I'm watching it, and it occurred to me that the uh, older brother totally reminded me of Billy in Stranger Things. So needless to say, Billy of Stranger Things is based off the older brother. I mean, it has to be. I mean, he reminded me so much of him in so many different ways. But I, mean, I had a fun time, though. The whole, the whole was, There was a pretty decent-sized audience for this, too, and everybody was just seemed to be having a good time. It was just a good time at the movie theater watching that. But yeah, The Lost Boys, if you haven't seen it, check it out. Uh, I'd have to see where it's streaming, but yeah, I saw it in the theater recently and enjoyed myself quite a bit. It was just fun. Especially, I'd never seen Keith or Sutherland that young either. <laughs> I'd seen him from probably 24 in the early 2000s and up. Never seen him that young. Keith or Sutherland. Mm-hmm. Like, but yeah, good times. Well, you saw him in a... Well, I guess he was probably a little bit... Was he? Would have been a little bit earlier? Because he was in Stand By Me. Oh, that's right. I think, yeah. Probably around the same time, too, actually. Maybe a few years later. Okay, now Stand By Me came out in 86. Okay, yeah, you're right. Okay, never mind. Ha, I got uh-huh. you. You got me. <laughs> yeah, that's just some fun stuff I saw. Jungle Cruise, Lost Boys, and part of Coraline. But yeah, I'd like to go finish Coraline. And I'd like to watch probably Box Trolls next. Maybe Kubo. But yeah, so much fun to go see that exhibit and just look at all the sets and the puppets. Pretty sweet good time all right daniel well let's move on here and get into our main movie on tap let's talk dune directed by dennis same guy that directed Blade Runner 2049 and Arrival, two awesome movies, starring Timothy Chalamet, Rebecca Ferguson, Zendaya, Oscar Isaac, Jason Momoa, Josh Brolin, Javier Barden, Sharon Duncan Brewster, Dave Batista, Chen Chang, and a whole lot more. But those are some of the big key cast members there. What a cast this movie had, I tell you. And yeah, we'll, we'll get into all kinds of things. So, Daniel, do you, what's your experience with this franchise or series? I don't know what you want to call it. Have you seen the original 80s Dune? Have you read any of the books? What's kind of your background with this? No, well, it's one of those things that I've always heard about and I've always heard people talking about, especially there's just a podcast like network that has like a lot of di- like same hosts for like different shows that they do with each other. You know, but what like they actually one of the podcasts to listen to, they're like, yeah, they actually put out like a Dune podcast because they love it so much. Uh, I didn't listen to it because I didn't want spoilers, you know, but they mostly talk. They're obviously they're talking about the books. But, you know, so I've heard like things about the series, you know, and people talk about it, especially like as the movie was getting closer. You know, discourse about the books were like ramping up, but I still like. I knew the main character's name was Paul in a world where it's like Atreides and uh, gobbledygook and like hard sci-fi names. And then there's our protagonist, Paul, you oh. know, but my lady, Paul. Paul. Yeah, exactly. Correct me up. So, but honestly, like I, I knew about the spice and I knew like the basic of like the house of Atreides is called to take over this desolate planet and take over the spice manufacturing. Um, and that's really all I knew, but I'm like, I have no idea what happens. I, in 
for so like you know like i i had known some stuff but i guess i still went in pretty fresh like not knowing what to expect still um and so it was really fun just to sit down and just be like okay i'm just gonna get lost in the sci-fi world and i mean you can get lost in it. the soundtrack like really kicked it up a notch and the visual storytelling was incredible um but I, it, it, I was kind of glad, like, I really want, I thought about watching the David Lynch movie before, but I'm like, no, no, I'll watch it after. Like, I think you said, like, I just want to go in fresh, you know, just didn't know what to expect. And it's also, that's, what's kind of exciting, especially with like MCU movies. You're like, you know, you always, for most movies, I feel like that we go to, we have like some semblance of what we're going to expect from the plot. Spoiler, the hero lives, Captain America lives. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, so it was really exciting to be like, okay, it's, sci-fi it's this epic that has been around for like a really long time and the books came out in like the 50s or 60s i'm pretty sure oh that long ago i didn't know that but um so you know it's just kind of like a legendary thing i'm like it's cool that like i've gone this long without knowing any major spoilers so i was excited to get lost in it and i definitely did and I think for me, it was better that I didn't know anything. And I just got to just kind of experience this world. Yeah, I feel the same way. Like you, had never read the book or seen the 80s film. So I was just going with it in as fresh as I could. I had no idea who any characters were and what was going to happen. I didn't even know, you know, who, who we're going to pro- probably even be following throughout the movie. I mean, the trailers kind of hint at it, but I still didn't know for sure what was going to happen at all. So like you, I just went, went, sat in my theater seat and just got lost in this world. And man, I, I had a good time. I mean, it, it kind of, at first it kind of does feel like, I mean, you got to pay attention to what's going on to really catch stuff. I'm sure there's a lot of details that in the books, they just don't get in the screen or get on the screen, but right. this is definitely a movie, a sci-fi movie, a movie in general for adults where, yeah, you got to be paying attention to stuff going on, but man, getting lost in this world, especially like maybe at the first half hour or so I was able to just finally like really just let loose and just take it all in. And I just had a good time. I mean, everything from all the visuals to the cinematography, to the amazing Hans Zimmer score. I, I just had such a good time. I mean, when it ended, it was two hour, two and a half hour movie. When it ended, I was like, wait, it's over already. Like, yeah. You know, and that was, was something, like, I want more. you know, and that was something to my, to its credit too. Like, yeah, it feels like, it's very, I guess, not like a slow, not necessarily a slow burn. It's slower than like a normal action sci-fi movie. That's for sure. It's like, a slower burn in the beginning because we're developing the world first. So it's a little slower, right. slower burn but there. It, but the last I hour still, and a half, I don't want to say kick into high gear, but do move along a little quicker. But I, 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 know, I so think it just felt these like, characters. like I said, I don't want to say that it was like a slow burn so much as like it was it felt very personal. It felt very methodical in how everything was happening. Um, and it sounded like, like everybody involved, like this was a passion project. Even would you say Hans Zimmer passed up, uh, what did he pass up to do the Dune score? Oh gosh, I have to look. DC movie? <laughs> I don't know. I had to, I'd have to look it up. Oh, it was Tenet. Oh, Tenet. He passed up really? Tenet to um do the dune score oh you know i did i do remember hearing that story because he's the one i'm I'm not gonna do your movie christopher nolan but here's a guy i recommend you score your movie because he the guy that christopher nolan did pick was recommended by hans zimmer see so i mean like that just especially for the score and it comes through in the score it is one of the biggest Uh, highlights of the entire movie we saw it in xd the whole theater is like just I don't want to say shaking at moments, but like just that score just filled the room so nicely. Yeah, it kind of like made the movie feel like an epic, like it was. I mean, we really yeah. wanted to go see it in IMAX, but it just didn't work out. And it drowned out the two-year-old that was in the theater. Yeah. Oh my God. Hey, real quick. The Lego store in Washington Square is calling me. They have never called me before. There's probably a job interview thing. Okay. Answer. One sec. One sec. Wow, job interview tomorrow. Sweet. Shit. All right. Well, I'm gonna have to push off my uh car buying. <laughs> yeah, boy. Man, well, that's good thing we're recording tonight now. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be around tomorrow. No, I'm just saying it's a good thing I'm recording tonight because tomorrow, tomorrow is filling up quick. Yeah, well, that's Already. awesome. Gotta go talk to my mechanic, <laughs> buy a new car, job interview. Whew. Hell yeah. All right, a little a little win for today. That's right. All right, where were we? Yeah, where were we? Talking about oh, we we're, were talking, talking, we're about, talking the about the score. I mean, obviously, yeah. this is all gonna get cut off. But yes, we were talking about the score and how well, like it's just so impactful. Like it really like helps bring the mood. Like I said, it it felt like an epic. It like like I said, we tried to get an IMAX, didn't work out, but it's still like seeing it in XD where it's like super big and just like the score is just booming. Yeah. Well, really the- like, and especially, I'm not going to lie, like I expected this. You usually see these in sci-fi movies, but like that, that low, like that low hum, like the, like that sort of sound. Um. But like I always am a sucker for that in a, like a sci-fi movie, and especially in like Dune, I think that it really works. And scientifically, apparently, uh, sand does hum; it like vibrates at a frequency. So actually, when you're in the desert, you do hear a light humming. Probably not quite as deep, but I don't know. Like the score was amazing, and just like it really came to life with like seeing that. Oh man, I don't know. The score was just amazing, is what I'm trying to say. I think it's one of the best Zimmer scores he's put out in a while. Like this, I was thinking about it. This might be his best score since Inception or Dark Knight Rises. I mean, it was a great score. He's done a lot of good ones since then, since those two movies. But I think this might have been his best one since since you know ten years ago. I mean, that's fine. Like I said, like it sounded like a passion project. Like he was very passionate. He really, really put it, put it all into it. Is what if I mean? It definitely yeah. feels like that. Well, and and just, he also he also worked with uh, Dennis. I can never pronounce this guy's last name. Villain View. We'll just call him Dennis, the director. Worked with him on Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Another great score that he did as well too. So he likes working with this director. I I haven't looked. Maybe he even did the score for Arrival too. That's something I can look at real quick, though. I'm not sure. No, he did not do the music for Arrival. Oh, yeah. Uh, Okay. Nope. Still. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, maybe they'll collaborate again, especially if they do a part two. Has part two been officially greenlit yet? As of right now, I don't think it has, which actually blew my mind. Like, leading up to it, I was under the impression, I mean, they were billing it as part one, that they are shooting these back to back because if you're doing it, if you're going to spend so much money, it only makes sense to do them back to back just because that's the best way you're going to save on production costs. Well, and with having such a young cast too, and if it, if it picks up right where the last one left leaves off. Yeah. You know, so, but no, apparently part two hasn't been officially greenlit. Which blows my mind. If you're billing this as Dune Part One, like I can't believe that they're just waiting on. But I mean, I get it. I get it. So, like, really, just if you're gonna watch Dune, go watch it in a theater or stream it as many times as you can on HBO Max. So hopefully, they get those numbers up to be like, okay, we're gonna finish the story off. Like, please finish the movie. Yeah, I mean, I might even just support it hit play on hbo max and walk out of the room because yeah i mean i you know we've had some decent box offices this last month or so we had carnage making 90 million bond only made 55 i was very surprised by that i thought that'd make at least 80 and i thought for sure this was going to make anywhere between 60 and 80 and it only made like 41 over the weekend it was kind of disappointing and i hope that doesn't keep a sequel from coming because I really, really, really want to see more. Well, that's a, I mean, there's so many. I mean, we talked about this a little bit. I think there's like, there's more than Dune. Dune's really the big one that gets talked about, but Dune is a whole series that I think goes like, there are, I think, four or five books written by the original author. And then I think there's two or three sequels to those books that were written by his son. Oh, wow. 
So there's, I think there's around six, seven books. HBO, you know, they got the rights right now. They should, this could be their next Game of Thrones right here. Doom I mean, series. I would be kind of pissed if they like, I don't know. Like I'll be, I'll be pissed if I don't get part two to Dune. No, I definitely I'll want be, part two to like, Dune I'd be still. pretty upset if they're like, we're going to reboot this whole franchise and just make it a premiere TV show. I'm like, I would like to see these movies. No, I think well, like the Mandalorian within the world, you can have a show, but yeah, I definitely want to see in the, the theater part two of the same, same production and everything. Like, you know, I want the same director back, everybody back, same team. But I guess I guess on that note, that kind of gives us, gives you our general thoughts. We both recommend it, and I say go see this in a theater. IMAX or XD if you can, but see it in a the theater. I mean, it was shot in IMAX, so you are going to get the maximum potential out of it. But if you can't, just just go check it out. I think it is worth a theater go. But yeah, at the very least, stream it so that numbers are high on that too. Because yeah, we definitely need a part two. On that note, though, why don't we go into spoilers here and we'll really just start talking some of our favorite scenes and just moments. But yeah, I'm going to say I just I had a blast with this. I had such a good time. Once once I kind of like was understanding the world a little bit, I just really started having a good time. I mean, there's just so many cool visuals. Like I love those little ships they went around in those like like grasshopper wings. Those were tight. I guess they're kind of like helicopters. Not They're ships, dragonflies, but... Jordan. They're dragonflies. Fuck off. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> they're very clearly dragonflies <laughs> but yeah one of the yeah it's honestly and like well now that we're in spoilers like i don't think think we've talked about this but one of the interesting things like how far like in the future this is like you see the classic like just you know floating ships that are just like bombing everything or just like shooting laser cannons but then like for the atreides ships like their dragonfly drones like felt like they they operated like helicopters like they and they had like manual gauges inside of them they you know the whole thing really did operate like a helicopter so i was kind of surprised like how like it's futuristic but in some aspects like it felt dated like as far like the technology but then i can't remember if we saw the dragonflies like on their home planet right yeah so I thought it was just kind of weird that they'd have like that dated of technology intertwined with the other stuff. Like I wasn't expecting that, but it did help the storytelling. I I thought it was pretty cool. And yeah, it's so hard to talk about like the things because like I don't really technically understand like the politics of the entire world. Yeah, I think think we need to see the movie a couple more times and or uh, just read the book, but I mean, just talk about some of your favorite scenes or moments. Like, one of my favorites was uh, just the technology of like that little shield that could go around just so when he's practicing with um, Josh Brolin's character, they don't actually get cut or anything, but they're that just that technology was really fun to watch. But yeah, again, the uh, fireflies, mine was a grasshopper, but the fireflies, those sh- like helicopter ships were just so cool. I just love watching them in those, especially the part where they're going to the sandstorm and just shut it all off and just let the storm take them away which that oh my god crazy. just like a jesus take the wheel moment it's like you know what fuck it just <laughs> throws the controllers jesus down and just the- like and then to cut to like and they're just getting whipped around in a sandstorm and then you just kind of like it cut back to them a little later and it looks like paul was taking a nap and he just wakes up he's like well, we're not dead yet, so I well, guess I should... yeah, I think it, I think it's resting his eyes so it doesn't get too motion sickness. Otherwise, there would have been a lot of barfing in there. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but uh, I love Jason Momoa's character so much. And man, seeing Jason Momoa beardless, I don't think I've seen that before. Yeah, I just I didn't even think about that. I've never seen him beardless. Well, for a second, I'm like, wait, is that still Momoa or who? Is that someone else? Like, no, that's Momoa. He, he's not, he doesn't have a beard. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, he was actually good in this movie. I enjoyed his character. There wasn't yeah. a ton of him, but it was also one of the only character names that out of the all the character names, the only one I can remember because everything in this show is like hard sci-fi names. Like the, like the, the planet that is like that it takes place on is like Icarac or I don't I don't even know. Like it's just so hard to remember. But I know it's kind of like a thing of like why Dune is so challenging to read too. Mm-hmm. But um, 
I just love that the two names I remember are Jason Momoa's character and the main character because it's Paul. It's Madame and Paul. And then Jason Momoa's character is just Duncan Idaho. Why is his name Duncan Idaho? I don't know. It's Could like, be. hang on. I have to think of it in, in every man, American boy, Duncan Idaho. Perfect. But <laughs> so because like, you know, those are really the two names that I can like remember because they throw so many terms at you. They They throw so many like, they just throw so much at you. And I know that's, I makes me feel better. Cause that's one of the reasons like things people say about the book is like, yeah, you read Dune. And then as soon as you finish it, you watch her YouTube video telling you exactly what the book was about. <laughs> like, that's kind of what people say. Like yeah. it's crazy, but it's very jarring. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was just kind of excited to see this. Cause I'm like, okay what's so crazy about it and i'm like yeah like watching it i felt like i had an experience but i can't really tell you what happened i can remember like cool set pieces like when they're when the whole planet just goes to fucking shit (laughs) oh gosh the invasion scene which i mean to learn about like a little bit of the politics like the house of atreides is like one of two or three houses that essentially help the god emperor rule this entire galaxy but they were rising too far. Like God, they're going God Emperor too far. being this like job of the hut guy. Yeah, kind of. He was he is a worm or snake or something. Something. But yeah, to like hear like the inner politics, like our emperor is a jealous emperor. Like Atreides is the house of Atreides is rising so high that they're just like, okay, well, now because your emperor decrees it, we're sending you over here just so we can pretty much wipe you out so if you do survive it's going to be a you're essentially starting back at the bottom which i'm like super fucked but also makes the world so interesting it's like mm-hmm. like a lot of because it feels like a lot of uh like even in star wars and other sci-fi like when you have like this all-encompassing emperor like everybody's just trying to suck up to them and like so I'm like, look at all the things I'm achieving. And just to have the facts, like if you achieve too much, he'll just fucking kill you because he doesn't want to deal with anything that could possibly become a threat, which also just makes it 10 times more terrifying that just by kind of existing and doing your job well, that you'll just get wiped out eventually. You know, I did like what that is one of my favorite scenes, like uh, when Dave Batista's character, I forgot what race they, they are. But the people who are ruling the plant, like the Dune planet before House of Atreides show up and how they're just like, how can you just fucking sit there and just like let all of our hard work go to waste? And he's just like the the emperor of that clan is just or like the leader of that clan is just like, when is a gift not a gift? Like, let me explain this to you. He's giving, setting them up so they're vulnerable so we can come in and wipe them out. You know, like it's it's a long con and i also just love how like i don't know that's just it really like there is a lot of political intrigue in this in in this movie but i think there's a lot more to come in like at least in the second half Mm -hmm. of like the part two but also just like in the book i know they go a lot more into the intergalactic politics and honestly i do want to know more about that more than anything because there's this they really like introduce this huge world but then focus on a small particular part of it so i and i think that's really interesting to like have this like literal galactic empire but we're only going to focus on the house of atreides and like on this planet and what's going to happen like it's still like it's a galactic scale but it still feels small scale but somehow still an epic journey i mean it was a hero's journey oh for sure i don't know just sure it was a lot more than i expected and a lot harder to follow than i was expecting yeah i mean i'm gonna definitely just go see it again and i'm sure every time you see it you're just gonna pick up on more and more things but yeah so it was just so much fun to follow and like when when it ended you you heard me in the theater i'm like wait what it's over huh no what no i want more 
I know that was one thing I was like, grateful. Pause so we can all go to the bathroom real quick, but give me more. I know. I mean, like it, it really like I'm glad somebody gave me a heads up on that. Was like since it's a part two, it kind of just ends kind of abruptly. And I almost would say like the, it, it almost feels like a bit more the organic, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it feels a lot more organic than I I thought it was going to. But yeah, like it kind of like okay, but just like getting lost in the world, not looking at. I'm just like okay, like some at some point I'm like, is this the ending? Because it could just keep going. Like you, I just didn't know how long I'd been in the theater for. I thought we at least had another half hour. So then all of a sudden, cuts the credits. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, oh my, yeah, that's why I hope they make a part two. So bad. But yeah, I'm trying to think some other just fun moments that were just entertaining with some of the uh, the sandworms. Were, the sandworms, yeah. Those that okay. That, I mean, that's one of the one of the only other things I knew about Dune going is giant fucking sandworms right and to just visually how they are impending like how how they present them because it's not until like towards the end of the movie that you full-blown see the body and face of the sandworm they're more like ominous presence up until like the last act but how you even see them like just you can see them moving below the sand just because the sand's like fluctuating. Yeah, and then when they, I just love when they break the surface, it sends a shockwave that knocks people over. Mm-hmm. And I like how when it gets close, like you saw that in a few times in the movie where as they would get closer, the ground would vibrate so much that it would start essentially turning the sand into quicksand and people would just get sucked under. Yep. <laughs> like even if you're not going to get fucking eaten, you're going to get sucked under and you're just going to die underneath the sand. You know, oh man, that like that the visuals on that were amazing. Loved all like anytime the sandworms kind of showed up, which I think they showed up three times mainly in the movie. Yeah. We we saw well, sucked up the tank. We saw that. That was a great visual. Yeah, and I love how it's not like because I was expecting like breach and then just like almost like how you see in movies like a shark just breaching the water, grabbing something and dunking back down. But how they eat something which just open up their ginormous mouth and all the sand and everything in this humongous circle just gets sucked into a black hole. Which good luck digesting that, Mr. Worm. <laughs> I think Giant. I think it'll do oh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> but, but I uh, thought that was very cool. Crazy though. Yeah, I couldn't imagine being, I mean, yeah, being sucked sucked up by one of those, but Cool visuals, though. Very, very cool visuals. Especially, I love the one with uh, Ruby and his mom running and having to make it to the rocks before that other one comes up. That was yeah. very cool visual there when he does pop up and disappointing because he can't get them. Also, learning about like seeing Paul and his mom use the voice, I think is what they call like essentially like a telepathic kind of superpower, essentially. Use the voice, Luke. You know, but it, yeah, it was like that. We're just like, it's almost like a Jedi mind trick where it's just like, no, you have to, you know, learning back, like, oh, it's about pitch, it's about feeling, you can't feel too forced. But like, that was cool where you just, where it'd be like, Joe, send me the water. <laughs> and she's like, oh, see, that was close. And just hands him some water. But, you know, I, I really liked the scene after like essentially the fall of Atreides when him and his mother were inside the dragonfly, gonna get, dumped out into the wasteland to just die mm-hmm. um i thought that was really cool because he's still trying to practice it he was able to do it a little bit and he did i just like how his ability was very limited but he was able to make it so, so he use it to have somebody like take his mother's uh mouth gag off because they didn't know he had the voice too mm-hmm so I thought that was really cool that you're like, yeah, as soon as you get it off her, like that's number one priority because she actually knows how to use it and defeats them with relative ease. Um, but I, I just love that scene, how they just take out all three of those guys and just toss them out the back into the dune. Yeah, that, that was pretty great. Yeah. So, what was another scene? I like their relationship a lot. That was fun kind of watching them you know, on the journey on their own for a little while. Yeah, them that part where they're staying in the tent underneath the sand. Yeah. It's also scary how they're yeah. like, yeah, they, they set that they set that tent up 
And then in the morning, they're actually completely submerged underneath sand and they have to use like that little equipment to actually blast it off so they can get out. Mm-hmm. What do you think of uh, his visions? Like, what do you think were causing him to have those visions? Because these are all visions of the uh, visions of the future. That's just something I don't know. Like, I imagine it's something to do with like him being like almost like, well, they mentioned it like the one where he was essentially crossbred to get to a certain point in like his psychic abilities from, I I don't remember that. I want to keep saying the Night Sisters from that's from Star Wars, but essentially like the same order that his mother's from that, you know, like of these people who can use the voice, this like matriarchal society. And so I don't really understand his powers. Like they don't really explain it too much. They just kind of treat it as is. They're like, yeah, this is something that just is in the universe. We don't really know a lot of details and I'm sure there's more in the book and hopefully there might be more in part two. Yeah. About that. So I just don't really know what to think about his abilities per se. What do you think of uh, some of the supporting cast? Like, uh, I always drop my turn name, Spider-Man girl. <laughs> uh, Zendaya? Yeah. So, yeah, I saw a lot of people like, oh, man, we got fucking baited because she was in like the trailers and stuff. But she's in the movie for like seven minutes. You know, she's hardly in the movie. Um, So, I mean, still played a key part, I would say, still. I mean, every every character had a purpose in this. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like she had a a key part. I guess people were expecting more going in. I didn't know what to expect. So I just kind of took everything with a grain of salt. But um. I don't know. I thought she was good. Like I said, like, like you said, everybody does have a purpose, big or small. It's kind of all building up to the, like this hero's journey. Mm-hmm. Um, one character we have not talked about is Oscar Isaac's Duke character. He, I mean, he, Oscar Isaac looking hella fine in this movie. <laughs> I saw a lot of memes about just like, don't break, like there's this uh, meme on TikTok. that's just like, don't break up with me but this is my dad it's like it shows a picture of like paul's character uh-huh. and then it just shows that picture of like oscar isaac in his armor he's like i'm gonna that's your dad i'm gonna fuck your dad <laughs> i just thought that was funny but dude oscar isaac was great i was really like i didn't know what to expect so when he just everything goes he gets assassinated you know and i was kind of sad because he was like you know i he represented like actually kind of felt like truth and justice sort of or he's like i'm trying to work with these people i'm trying to i don't want to be a dictator i want to help strengthen all of us because he's talking he's like we went here we got this power we went here so he's like i want the power of the people to work with the house of atreides you know and, you know, he, he was a great character, short-lived. I mean, he died at the beginning of Act 2. What did you think of the way he died? I didn't... Okay, so he was wearing one of his shields, right? And then it's like, I get that it says, like, oh, you know, like, if, you're go, if you go too fast, it'll block it. But if you go slow, like, sl- like, using a blade slowly to just cut somebody's throat still works. You know, so if he got hit by like a poison dart and it gets stopped, but then it slowly creeps in, I'm like, I don't understand exactly how that would work. I think it's like if it, I think the shield thing provides a certain amount of um, protection, but it'll still, it's still able to get penetrated, just not quickly. But I mean, but I mean, his final death scene though, when uh, he had to bite down on that tooth that was installed. Oh, you know what? Again, complex characters complex motivations even the side character of the doctor is just like look i'm so fucking sorry i sold you out but it was either your life or my wife's life and i can't you know an impossible bargain essentially you know you damned if you there did damned hundreds of lives were my wife's life <laughs> yeah um so to have that but i love how he's just like okay i poisoned you but here he's like i'm still not necessarily your enemy <laughs> you know which i thought was kind of interesting that he like literally is just like i'm sorry i poisoned you well in his mind he, he did in the back he... of his head to make it so like if he bites down on it at the right time it'll fill the entire room up with toxic gas 
which is kind of cool. Which also was kind of even more haunting when he's actually in that state because he's still like, I think he's just like slowly dying. He's pretty much incapacitated, but they have him stripped down naked at the end of a table. Just like, oh, and then, you know, you get a villain, you get the whole villain speech. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, that was villain, by the way. That was really hardcore. And I honestly laughed a little bit because after the huge slug dude, get everybody's name because they're all impossible to remember sci fi names. Essentially, the leader of the rival like house that was originally in control of Arrakis. That's the name of the Dune planet. But um, Baron was he? Was it Baron? I think he was just the Baron. The Baron, yeah. But um, to have him talking to him, and then I just love how Oscar Isaac just bites. You know, he bites down on his tooth, fills the entire. Everybody starts dying from noxious gas, and I do love the door holders just like shut it they're like well they're there's like, nothing oh. else we can fucking do <laughs> that, that cracked me up they're like oh, shut the door so we Which also die. i'm like yeah that's technically our boss in there but yeah he's dead well, anyway, it, well it's either so we die with them or we live so that's, exactly that, i'm like well i appreciate that everybody's just kind of out for themselves for the most that part that cracked me up though yeah trying to think of some, any other fun stuff i mean i just love all the desert walking and things like that just the visuals out there yeah, I'd go from like dark caves all of a sudden, bah, bright desert. Ah. You know, that's one of the things, like not necessarily like a particular scene, but when we kind of mentioned like the cinematography is incredibly, like it really works with the movie in every way from just wide sweeping shots, makes it feel like a an epic, but from like going, the movie consistently goes from like dark, dim spaces to extreme and then it'll cut directly to an an extremely bright scene to like really and it really just represents the duality of the desert where it's just like it's super dark and freezing at night as soon as that sun's up it's bright and death yeah so i really think like how they ended up doing that because they there were a few times during the we were watching it and it just went from so dark to so bright that i'm like oh fuck (laughs) it's just and I'm like, ah, where are my sunglasses? But it, again, it really just helps you get immersed in the world. Like everything about how this movie was shot, edited, and scored is like a mastercraft. I guess, should we talk the very end scene here where he has to basically prove himself? True, prove himself to join the Fremen as yes. he is the one. He is Neo. And what's kind of sad is like, yeah, Again, a little bit of needless death, but it wasn't his fault. No, it's either him or the other guy. He's just trying to essentially fulfill his destiny, trying to figure out why he's getting these visions. And he finally sees Zendaya, the girl from his visions. He's like, okay, this is my path. This is where I Gives him a sweet knife from a worm tooth. Yeah, which was cool. That was a cool reveal. He's like, yeah, these are from the worm teeth. I'm like, fuck, that's hardcore. Yeah, I'm like, that's awesome. But also like, you know, it really cements like from the duality of like the very beginning of the movie where he's like, dad, I don't want to lead. He's like, yeah, I said the same thing, you know, but, you know, a gr- he's like a great leader isn't doesn't seek it. It He's called to leadership and he answers, you know, to get that. And then to eventually like he takes his dad ring and he's like, I'm trying to fulfill my father's mission of like working with the Fremen and using the desert's power. Mm-hmm. which is awesome yeah yeah i really hope to make a second one daniel i really really want to see more but yeah yeah i guess to wrap this up i had a great time it was so much fun just going into this world i want to go see it again because i've said it before i think the more you watch it just the more you're gonna learn and absorb and yeah i think eventually down the road i think i might have to get the book here and crack it open I know. I I was gonna go to. I was thinking about grabbing it today, but I'm like, well, I'm leaving. I'm not gonna have time. I'll re- I'll grab it when I airplane. get airplane. Yeah, well, I'll be sleeping. All right, fine. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> I'm taking sleep. melatonin. I'm just gonna knock yeah, my okay, ass out. Like, I'm like I've tried sleeping on many many airplanes. It's not very easy. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. But yeah, I mean, I guess that's kind of it. Like it. 
it's hard to talk about because it's very confusing, especially for like a newbies. Like I just, there's a lot of political and like interpersonal stuff that happens more than the action happens, which just makes it a little bit hard to talk about. But honestly, I felt like I had an experience when I watched this, which is what I really wanted out of it. And I, it delivered tenfold. So how would you grade this at? Honestly, I'd give it an A plus. Like, I guess it would, I, I, it might drop if like they don't land this the the second part or if the second part never happens yeah it's kind of hard as far as if it is a part one getting a part two i give it an a plus as well it set up a great world and has me thirsty for more but yeah i had a great time at the theater and yeah this is definitely a must see in theaters movie Oh, for sure. So go see an IMAX and XD before it can't. Before you can't. Seriously, go see it. All right. Well, you know what? I think that wraps up this week's episode of Dune. Or, or I should say, I think that wraps up Dune Talk for us, Daniel. I think it does. I think it does. All right. Well, where can they find us, Daniel? They can find us online on movies underscore brews, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks, everybody, for downloading the show. If you like it, share with others. And let us know online what you thought of Dune. I know it's some kind of mixed reviews out there, but I think overall people are liking it. And yeah, we'll be back next week with the new Edgar Wright film, Last Night in Soho. Woo! Goodbye, everybody. Cheers. Cheers.